The late Middle Ages was an unsettling time in Western Europe because changing political and economic conditions undermined the foundations of medieval society. In the early 1300s, poor harvest resulted in terrible famines and a population decline. Agriculture, trade, and commerce entered a long slump. Added to these problems was an outbreak of a disastrous epidemic of bubonic plague, often called the Black Death. The huge population loss had a profound effect on the economy. Farms were abandoned because there were not enough people to plant and harvest the crops. The busy commerce of the 12th and 13th centuries, which had spurred the growth of cities, collapsed. Outbreaks of plague continued in the late 1800s, and Western Europe did not recover fully from the effects of the epidemic for over 100 years. The Black Death and its mass aftermath. In 1348, the bubonic plague, a disease carried by fleas on rats, struck Western Europe. The plague, which broke out first in Asia, spread rapidly along the trade routes. It inflicted enormous casualties because no one knew how to treat it. Panic and fear drove some people to desperate measures. In some towns, the first people to show symptoms of the disease were walled up inside their homes to keep the plague from spreading. As the disease swept through Europe, it destroyed entire communities. Some towns lost more than half their population. In all, the Black Death killed about a third of the people of Western Europe. Attacks on the Church During the social and economic turmoil of the 1300s and 1400s, the leadership of the Church weakened. At the same time, monarchs and reformers challenged its authority. As you read, popes had resisted attempts by kings to increase their power. In the process, the church had gained great political power. Medieval monarchs opposed the church's political power for several reasons. The church owned large amounts of land. The clergy and monasteries did not pay royal taxes on their land, but they did pay church taxes. Thus, money was sent to Rome rather than to the royal treasury. Rulers also resented church courts, which they felt competed with royal courts. Finally, monarchs became angry when church officials interfered in political matters. By the early 1300s, monarchs were becoming more successful in the effort to dispute church claims to political power. The Babylonic Captivity In 1924, King Philip IV of France tried to tax the clergy. The Pope ordered the French clergy not to pay the tax. To show that he had the support of the French people in his struggle with the Pope, Philip called the First Estates General. When the dispute continued, Philip kidnapped the Pope. Later, he engineered the election of a French Pope. The new pope moved the papacy to Afnon in southern France. From 1309 to 1378, popes lived in Afnon. During this period, which became known as the Babylonian captivity, popes were pawns of the French kings.
1378, the church suffered another humiliation when two competing popes were elected, one in uh, uh, Avignon and the other in Rome. The Great Schism, as the new crisis was called, lasted until 1417. Finally, a church council ended the crisis. It elected an, an Italian pope to rule from Rome and convinced the French king to accept the new pope. During these scandals, the church lost much of its political power. In France, kings assumed the right to tax the clergy. In England, Edward I declared that his country was no longer a papal relief. The Great Schism also hurt the religious authority of the church. Many Christians were outraged at the spectacle of two popes, each claiming supreme spiritual authority. Demands for reform. In the late 1300s, reformers attacked the church for its wealth and the worldly concerns of the clergy. They accused the, uh, the clergy of corruption and failure to perform their religious duties. One outspoken critic was John Wycliffe, a teacher of theo theology at Oxford University. Wycliffe questioned the spiritual authority of the church. He claimed that the sacraments and the priests who administered them were not necessary for salvation. He encouraged his followers to translate the Bible into English so people would read it themselves. Wycliffe's ideas spread across Europe. The church persecuted Wycliffe's supporters as heretics. In Bohemia, part of what is today Czechoslovakia, John Huss preached against corruption in the church. Huss was accused of hearsay and burned at the stake. For years afterwards, the church waged a crusade against the Hussites, as his followers were called. Despite several punishments, heresies multiplied during the late Middle Ages. The Hundred Years' War. Medieval monarchs competed with the church and with one another as they centralized power. The efforts of the English and the French kings to build strong central governments involved them in a long struggle. The fighting, known as the Hundred Years' War, lasted from 1337 to 1453. Outbreak of War In 1337, the English held many lands in France. As you read at the beginning of this chapter, the marriage of Eleanor of Aquitaine and Henry II had brought her vast lands under English control. Economic as well as political rivalries led to bitterness between England and France. When Edward III of England claimed the French throne, war broke out. In the first phase of the Hundred Years' War, England won stunning victories. At the Battle of Crecy and Poitiers, English armies easily dispersed the poorly led French knights. The English victories were due in part to new weapons, the longbow and gunpowder. English archers used the longbow with deadly accuracy against heavily armed mountain knights. Gunpowder was a Chinese invention that was probably brought to Europe by the Muslims. During the Hundred Years' War, gunpowder was used in cannons. The first cannons were not very effective, but when they were improved, cannons could destroy the walls of fortified castles and towns. The English victories took a heavy toll on France. The French not only lost territory to the English, but also after each victory, English soldiers plundered the French countryside. To pay for the war, 
the French king increased taxes. The combination of war, famine, and heavy taxes led French peasants to revolt. Adding to the confusion, bitter quarrels divided the French royal family. Just when England seemed on the point of complete victory, the French rallied behind an educated peasant girl named Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. In 1479, Joan of Arc made her way to Charles VII, the uncrowned king of France. She claimed that heavy voices had told her to lead the French forces. Charles reluctantly agreed to give Joan command of his armies. Under her leadership, the French forced the English to retreat from Orleans. Joan's absolute faith and intense patriotism soon inspired the French to new victories. In 1429, at the Cathedral of Reims, Charles was crowned King of France. Joan stood on his side. Shortly afterwards, Joan was captured by the Burgundians, allies of the English. The Burgundians sold Joan to English, who tried her for her heresy. In 1431, she was burned at the stake. Even after her death, Joan continued to inspire the French. Her martyrdom fueled a strong national feeling. Slowly but steadily, the French expelled the English from their lands. In 1453, after almost 120 years of war, the English held only Calais. Effects of the Hundred Years' War The people of France emerged from the Hundred Years' War with a growing sense of national pride. The French had also developed strong loyalty to the king. During the war, the king gained the power to raise taxes. Therefore, he could keep a standing army rather than depend on his vessels.